Hello, members of the Resilient Catholics community. Dr. Peter here with week 29 in the RCC. This is all about deepening our work with spiritual confidants. We are continuing with some spiritual themes as we move on in our journey, our pilgrimage toward greater internal integration. We are going back into the spiritual realm to continue our discussion of how we can collaborate more deeply with God, Mother Mary, the saints, and the angels in our IFS-informed human formation work. So let's just start with a quick review from last week. Last week, week 28, we introduced spiritual confidence. We got into the who, what, where, when, why, how of spiritual confidence. Who of spiritual confidence? Who are they? Well, they are spiritual persons, spiritual beings. They're helpers, mentors, companions, and friends. They're essentially attachment figures. They are secure bases, a safe haven in attachment language. You know, it means that we don't have to do this alone. We have help from God, from the church, the whole church, including the church militant, the church triumphant, and the church suffering. Why? Why should we seek out spiritual confidants? We addressed this again last week. They can be our attachment figures, not just in the spiritual realm, but also in the natural realm, helping us with our attachment needs for safety, security, and protection, for feeling seen, heard, known, and understood, for feeling comforted, soothed, and reassured, for feeling treasured, cherished, delighted in, and for helping us to organize our feelings and sort through our experiences. So there are so many different ways that our spiritual confidants can help. And remember, we discussed Dr. Peter Martin's Spiritual Support Worksheet 2.0 that was included in the resources from last week. Spiritual confidants can provide a refuge. They can protect us. They can nurture us. They can share wisdom. They can delight in us. They can encourage us. Again, both helpful in the natural realm and the spiritual realm. When do you work with spiritual confidants? You can bring a confidant in to help at any point in the work as long as your parts are okay with it. And then how? We discussed that process in detail in week 28. Where? The proximity and degree of physical contact is whatever the parts are comfortable with. A lot of freedom with that. Remember, parts may be very frightened of God, not find God safe or protective or nurturing or wise or encouraging. So a lot of times we want to be able to allow parts to, to control the distance between themselves and our spiritual confidant. We also introduced the level of attachment security in spiritual relationships or the Lasser worksheet. That was some homework for you. That's one way to identify which spiritual confidants might resonate most with your parts right now. And I also provided you some extra exercises to walk through that process of completing the Lasser, the level of attachment security in spiritual relationships, which again was created by Dr. Peter Martin. All right, so today we're going to get into deepening work with our protectors. Peter Martin, he says that regardless of the degree of parts blending, attachment resourcing can make it less extreme and easier to unblend. We're really talking about what Peter Martin calls this virtuous mercy turned inward toward parts. Mercy, a steadfast, tender compassion. We're discussing identifying a confidant whom all the parts 
in one of your particular subsystems can at least tolerate. Now remember, a subsystem is made up of all the managers and firefighters that revolve around one exile, kind of like that one clove of garlic, where the whole garlic bulb is the whole system, and then each clove within that bulb is like a little subsystem. We're looking to work collaboratively and cooperatively with all the parts in a given subsystem. The most frequent mistake that people do when they start bringing in confidants is that they are blended with a manager who is impelled to rush the process. A lot of times that manager wants to bring in a spiritual confidant to quote, fix, unquote, another part, often in exile, sometimes a firefighter. But that feels forced and imposed. It seems to violate a sense of integrity of the part. It leads to polarizations among parts about that spiritual confidant. And the other thing to remember is that spiritual confidants don't work that way. They don't force themselves on us. God doesn't force himself on us. Mary doesn't force herself on us. There's great respect for human freedom. And so we want to really be attentive to how blended we are and work on some unblending because that makes the process easier. The second most frequent error in working with spiritual confidants is to neglect some of the parts in the subsystem, to get some buy-in from some parts but not the rest. And so that's why we want to frequently monitor and check to see if any concerned parts are coming up. Because first of all, it's a question of respect. It's a question of dignity. And second of all, they will act out in various ways to undermine the whole process, to throw a wrench in the system. So we want to be aware if there are any parts that are concerned and address those concerns. So next, I want to talk about ways to titrate or regulate the experience of the spiritual confidant. How can we work with the spiritual confidant and our parts in a way that helps to make it more tolerable? Well, I addressed a couple of these last week in week 28. One was to look at the age of the confidant. Right? One RCC member told me that she has a little part who doesn't resonate with Mary as mother. That little part doesn't want to see Mary as mother, but that little part does resonate with Mary as an older sister. This part of this little girl always wanted an older sister and didn't have one. And so to look at Mary as a sister, you know, obviously there's reasons for that. Our sister in Christ, Mary is our sister in Christ. She could do that. And that was really helpful to her. I also talked about last week, my feisty part, who has got a phenomenological age of five years old. He likes to play and romp and roam around with Jesus when Jesus is an eight-year-old, right? So that one way to titrate the experience of the spiritual confidant is age. You can choose the place where the encounters happen. You can choose the historical periods. Right? It can be the present. It can be your current situation where you encounter your spiritual confidant. But there are lots of other options. It could be back in time. Like my feisty part likes to visit in the home at Nazareth at age five to spend time with Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Again, when Jesus is age eight, so liking to go into the woodworking shop and see St. Joseph smile and welcome him as not just a neighborhood kid, but as a beloved son, 
a brother of Jesus. You could also go back and revisit a difficult time in a difficult place in memory. Let's say that you had a really hard time when your grandma died and no one in your family seemed to notice your distress, how you were struggling with that. Let's say you were four or five years old at the time. You were really sad. It was hard to make sense out of the experience. The adults in your family all seemed preoccupied with their own grief. No one really noticed you and you have a vivid memory of being in the funeral home at the showing or the wake and the dead body of grandma was there all cold and pale and you felt so alienated, unnoticed and unloved. Nobody was recognizing your loss or your grief. And what would it be like if your spiritual confidant came into that scene with you? And just an idea, St. Anne, for example, the mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is your spiritual grandma, right? She's your spiritual grandmother. She's, she is the mother of your spiritual mother, Mary. She is your spiritual grandma. Would it be possible to connect with St. Anne in a way where you feel seen, heard, known, and understood, where your parts could feel comforted, soothed, and reassured, and be understood, where they could share their story, where the narrative of what that was like could be shared with your confidant. St. Anne in that situation is your spiritual grandma, would be able to help you organize your feelings, sort through your experiences, and to make up for what was missing in the original experience. So, Spiritual confidants can help by nurturing us, imparting wisdom, encouraging in this situation. All of those could be all of those could be present. And remember that in this type of work, Saint Anne is really present. We assume that as part of the communion of saints. Saint Anne loves you as her little grandchild. It's not make believe, it's not pretend. We're not we're not just, you know, riding the trolley into the land of make-believe with Mr. Rogers here. This is actually the power of the communion of saints. And so we have ways to modify and regulate the experience of the spiritual confidant. You can also regulate the means of communication. If you listen to the bonus experiential exercise of the English Garden from last week, week 28, I discussed how you could talk with Jesus through the massive oaken door in the garden wall. You don't have to let him in right away. You can talk to him with you on one side of the door, he and the other. So there's ways to regulate the means of communication. You can talk with your spiritual confidant on the phone, if that feels safer to your parts, or by video conference. You can use emails or texts with your spiritual confidant. You can write letters back and forth, all in your mind's eye. This is a way that has the least immediate contact. All are ways to help reduce anxiety about too much immediate exposure to the spiritual confidant. And the other thing you can do to help uh, regulate or titrate the experience is to limit the length of time that you're going to do parts work with a spiritual confidant. You could set a timer for five minutes or 10 minutes. And when the time is up, you can check back with your protector parts to see if it's okay to continue or if this is a good place to stop. So it's just a way of, of making it easier for your protectors to try a new way of connecting in your spiritual life to connect with your spiritual confidant.
Right. So it often brings up questions about discernment, right? Sometimes there are concern parts that ask questions like, how do I know I'm engaging with a real spiritual confidant? What if I think I'm talking to God or a saint, but it's really just my imagination and I'm just making it up? Well, let's just start by acknowledging that, yeah, that could happen. You could be making something up. When that happens, it's usually a concerned protector who is trying to put words in the mouth of a spiritual confidant, trying somehow to put on a show. But it always sort of rings somewhat hollow when a protector attempts to impersonate a spiritual confidant. There's always something hollow, something off in that. It usually happens when you don't have the full buy-in of all the protectors anymore. Protectors will impersonate a saint or they'll impersonate God when they're scared. They have a positive intention to try to keep you safe, but the means they're using are problematic. Right? So there's this need for ongoing monitoring and connection, a need to, re- to reassure concerned parts so that they don't undermine the process. But the other thing to remember about discernment is that God is involved in this work. The saints are involved. Mary is involved. Your guardian angel is involved. It would be a cruel cosmic joke for God just to leave us twisting in the winds of self-deception. That would be unjust. That's against his nature. We know by faith that God is caring for us and that he loves us more than we can possibly imagine. God knew before the beginning of time everything about the parts session that you did this morning, right down to the tiniest detail, every perception, every idea, every thought, every fear, every question, every emotion, everything. He knows it all. St. Augustine in his confession said, quote, You were more inward to me than my most inward part and higher than my highest. End quote. Sometimes that's paraphrased as St. Augustine saying to God, you are closer to me than I am to myself. God knows us more intimately than we know ourselves. And he's calling us to love him back in intimacy with all of our being. Luke 10, 27, the great commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, with all of us, with all our parts, with every fiber of our being no part left behind, all of us. And God's going to help us with that. He said, seek and ye shall find. So we need to look for the fruits of our work, right? The fruits of our work need to be good for all of our parts. That doesn't mean that all parts necessarily like it all the time, but the fruits are good for all of the parts within us. The other thing is you can ask the spiritual confidant, how is it going, right? Ask your parts. How is it going? Connect. Be willing to experiment in prayer. You know, little children need to learn how to be in relationship with some trial and error. They need to be able to make mistakes. Relationships are very approximate endeavors. There are large margins for error. And if we are being humble and being little, like St. Teresa of Lisieux, if we're acting in trust and confidence, that's going to bring great results. Remember, God really wants a relationship with us and with all parts of us. He wants a response for us. He wants us to love him with our whole heart, with all of our being. And let's take heart from St. Augustine, this amazing, intrepid explorer of his own self. He said, begin quote, 
I held my heart back from positively accepting anything since I was afraid of another fall and in this condition of suspense I was being all the more killed, end quote. So let's step out, right? Let's step out. Let's connect and relate with our spiritual confidants. It's all prayer. It's all about relationships, real relationships at the spiritual level, but also at the natural level. And we can have ourselves as the initial mediator between the parts and the spiritual confidant. Once the parts are more comfortable, there can be more direct access between the parts and the, and the spiritual confidant. But parts usually want the security of a self before they encounter God. Saints and angels may be easier to work with. And so we're going to continue with some experiential exercises. The experiential exercises in this are really important. I really want this not to be an intellectual exercise, but a way that you're connecting, a way that you're attempting to connect with God our Father, with Mary our Mother, with the saints, with the angels, whoever your spiritual confidants are. In completing the last or the level of attachment security and spiritual relationships worksheet, you may have identified some spiritual confidants that you are willing to work with. We're going to be looking at deepening a relationship with a spiritual confidant in harmony with our parts and our experiential exercise on the other side. So time for a brief discussion about this interconnections talk, what may have been surprising, what ideas you have for working with your spiritual confidants in your parts. Are you willing to try a new way of praying, of relating with the spiritual confidant? And then, you know, to have your parts journal handy because the experiential exercise may well yield some very valuable information that you might want to note down. So I will see you on the other side.